mention was a. Does anyone remember GBA video? No. No. Nope. Yeah. You don't remember Is GBA. That like movies on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so GBA video was like this incredibly short-lived, but like there there was a lot of them that came out for it. But it was essentially it was little cartridges that had like episodes of like TV shows on them, and they ran it like two frames per second, and like, <laughs> didn't look great. But... I'm surprised. We did we own it. So I had one of them, and it was an episode. It was a Fairly Odd Parents one, and it had three episodes of Fairly Odd Parents on it. <laughs> and I used to watch that in the car on the car rides on repeat, despite it looking like crap. Um, yeah, they actually had full-on movies too. Like you could watch like Shrek on GBA. Oh hell yeah! No. <laughs> but uh, imagine it being like super, super pixelated and like. Oh, uh, even better. Yeah. I'm Bill, a one-time Instagram blogger and now a podcaster. And I'm Alex, the chaotic neutral. And together we are the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. A brother-sister duo. That talks about gaming. And also anime. And don't forget the collecting. Here, sometimes. Ah, forget it. We're just a nostalgia podcast at this point. But anyways, guys, thanks for joining us as we discuss the games that shaped us. So, this is where I'd normally say, how you been? But we actually have a guest this time, and I'd like them to introduce themselves. What's up? Uh, so, I'm Dave. I'm the host of Tales from the Backlog. Thank you, Bill and Alex, for having me. Um, yeah, this is uh, my, my show, Tales from the Backlog, is a gaming show. It's a gaming review show about mostly backlog games. So, uh, for an example there, Bill came on my show, and we talked about the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, mm -hmm. for the Game Boy Color, so backlog stuff uh, most of the time. So yeah, that's that's my show. That's me. I'm Dave. I, there's nothing else about me other than my podcast. I don't exist in between recordings. So yeah, <laughs> good to be here, guys. No, thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah. Um, so now I guess as we say in every show, how have you guys been? <laughs> It's been one of those days for me. Just everything at work went wrong. It was just one of those days, but oh well. You push yeah. on through and you hope tomorrow is a better day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw like three car accidents this week, which is actually kind of tame for like our area because we're like right next to the city. Mm -hmm. And like we, right when we get out of work, it's like rush hour traffic. So that's just when all the psychos are out. And like, I swear, uh -huh. uh, this was the first time. <laughs> This was the first time I ever had a car accident, like right in front of me, and I had to like slam the brakes and get out of the way. Oh no! I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah, I always see weird stuff on that road. Like, just I think on Monday it was like it was two lane road, and some guy just tried to go in between the two lanes, like in the middle on like the the dashed line, <laughs> and I was just, I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like. And yes. of course, I'm on the phone with um our mother. Like, I usually call her on my way home. And she's like, what's going on? What's happening? Because I'm like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> so that was great. But yeah, our drive to work. Uh, well, to work is fine. Leaving work, not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think um, 
I think everybody says that like the drivers where they live are the worst, you know, doesn't matter where you live. Your local drivers are the worst drivers in the world. But I, you know, I've heard, this is like the ninth time I've heard Bill talk about people getting in car accidents, like on his commute. So I'm like, I, I think the Ohio drivers here are pretty good by comparison. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. The, usually, the mass holes are not good drivers. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think usually the, like the, the one like turnover from like that is like, everybody thinks their drivers are the worst, except for Massachusetts drivers. They're their own <laughs> special breed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but other than that though, it's been pretty chill. Um, nice been kind of catching up on some games me and alex are in a uh we're marathoning all the studio ghibli films for a uh oh, yep. eventual podcast uh we're planning on working doing oh sick um yeah. other than that though uh nothing too crazy the 3ds store died uh, that was a big big event well, recently. yeah that was a big thing it happened. did yeah i remember because i had to teach i had to teach like five people how to add uh, currency to their uh, accounts that didn't know. I was like, because mm. everyone was like, "How do you do it? It won't let me." I'm like, "You got to merge accounts. You got to go in through the website here. Do this. Do that." Yeah, yeah. They sure made it as difficult as possible to have people spend money. Yep. <laughs> and I'm sure they made like millions just off of like all the last minute buyers. But yep. oh yeah, it's funny. Imagine, imagine how much money, how much more money they would have made if they didn't make it really difficult to spend I money. Know. Like so many people just gave up because it was too much work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's funny though, because I, not in my life did I think the Vita store would outlive the, uh, the 3DS store. But it's still kicking. Mm. PS3 is still up. And I think PSP is still up too, because mm. Sony gave in real fast to everyone. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo's Ninten- like, nah. <laughs> no, Nintendo doesn't care. Like no, they, they just don't do whatever. Care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, and other than that, though, the only other major event that happened recently was uh, E3 got canceled. Yeah, that was just this afternoon as we're recording. I think were they were like, trying... selling tickets for it or they were trying they... to. They were trying. Oh, I guess it wasn't going well. <laughs> well, most of the people dropped out, like none of the yeah. big, oh. big people were going. Yeah. Like, even Sega and like Ubisoft dropped out and they were kind of like the last like real major like stragglers that were hanging on. Yeah, it's kind of not a surprise, and I doubt it'll ever come back just because the no. the pandemic taught Nintendo and Sony and everybody they can just do it themselves. They don't need E3. So, mm. yeah, not surprising, even, but yeah. And even then, by like this point, like everything was already online like days before the convention even happened. So it was like, yeah, there's no surprise. Like, we don't get any classic like 299 jokes or, uh, mm. The Zelda reveal like trailer where everyone lost their shit, like all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the general consensus going around from everybody was like the the top gear gif of like, oh no. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> womp womp. It's, oh well. You know, like the the one or two trailers that maybe would have made big waves for me three would have been something to get excited about. We're just gonna see those some other way. It's not like we're gonna miss people announcing their exciting new games or anything like that so yeah yeah just a different time yeah Yeah. but anyway so i guess now we should um shift over to our topic Mm -hmm. so for this episode we're actually jumping back over to um a console retrospective we haven't done one of those in a while or i guess in this case a handheld retrospective and in the past we've talked about the ds the 3ds like because those were probably the two from our childhood that we uh really like connected with as kids 
But another one that existed in that point, and I didn't actually realize just how short-lived it really was, was the uh, Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Game Boy Advance literally, it was here in, like, 2001, I want to say, and it was gone by, well, it wasn't gone, but it was pretty much obsolete by 2004. Is that when the DS came out? Yeah, because the DS first released in 2004, and granted, the GBA still was around up until like 2006, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But realistically, like, did anyone like? I, I'm pretty sure by that point, everyone just their DS became their new Game Boy because it had right. the Game Boy Advance slot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe the only real reason anyone would use a Game Boy Advance anymore was to play Game Boy Color games, just because the uh, Game Boy, the DS, for whatever reason, wasn't compatible with the uh, Game Boy Color. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Like the the slot was like slightly different. Okay. Reason. Gotcha. Um. So Game Boy Advance. Th- this one is interesting to me because I remember vividly like when the DS came out, and I remember getting the DS like l- at launch for like Christmas that year. But my actual experience with it feels like very like it was here and then it was just gone. Like I don't know if like you had a similar similar experience, Dave. Not for me, really. So, like, we we were Game Boy kids. Um, so we had our first were Game Boy Pockets, and then we got Game Boy mm-hmm. Colors, and then as soon as we started seeing the uh, the advertising for the upcoming Game Boy Advance, it was like I don't know exactly when we got one, but we got one like pretty quickly. You know, the latest it would have been was like whenever Christmas was after it released. Like I don't know what date it released, but like. That Christmas would have been the latest we got it. So um, we had it. And then like we, I don't actually don't remember if my brother got one, but I got a Game Boy Advance SP. um, And then I didn't get a DS until like 2010 or something like that. Like I play, I had the Game Boy Advance for a long time. I just didn't Mm. like, I think the touchscreen thing from the DS was like, I don't need that. I'll just keep playing Game Boy Advance. So I, I played the, like I played mine a ton, like so much. It was one. It was at the time my favorite handheld, like by a lot. You know. Yeah, the Game Boy Advance. Like the one thing I do remember the most about it was it was like the summer camp handheld I had at the time, mm-hmm. where like because you'd always have to go to summer camp during the summer because your parents had to work. At least, at least in our case. Yeah. And we couldn't stay home alone at the time, so we would go to this. It wasn't really a camp. It was more like you'd basically go to the school. And you'd just be like, it was like the YMCA program, they like to call it. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we were basically just stuck at the school with all the people we didn't like from the school uh, (laughs) during the entire summer. And literally, like, the only solace, like, we had had was, like, our Game Boy. Like, at least for me, it was, like, my Game Boy Advance, which, of course, Mm -hmm. they they immediately banned Game Boy Advances because literally all the kids would just play Game Boy Advance the entire time. Right. As children do. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how old it sounds. I don't know how old you are. It sounds like you're a little bit younger than me. I So I got the Game Boy Advance. Um, I remember playing it in high school most of the time. So like, okay. I was home alone during the summer. Um, I was working like I had a job. So like, I would play it on my breaks at my job sometimes. Or like, if I was just at home during the summer, uh, not doing anything, not working, I was either playing Morrowind on my Xbox, or I was playing the Game Boy Advance. And you know, two different niches for two different, you know, times for playing games. And so they both got like so much play. 
Um, and it was, it was really like my, it was really my introduction to so many different types of games. Cause for, on Game Boy Color, I, I mostly just played Pokemon and Mario mm-hmm. and Zelda and that, that kind of stuff. And then like the Game Boy Advance got a bunch of ports and a bunch of like, uh, cool original like IP. And I, I played a lot of those on there too. So it was like this big awakening uh for a lot of different genres you know Hmm. now um alex you had the the special like hot pink see-through one right i think it was hot pink i think it was like a baby pink but it was yeah it was a see-through one yeah guys guys don't understand color alex sorry uh it was (laughs) yes it was baby pink bill oh (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i had that one uh i don't know if we got them if at that point we were getting consoles at the same time. No, you got yours like a year later because you okay. were still in that you were still in that phase where like our our parents didn't know if you liked video games well, or not. We got the DSs <laughs> at the same time. I know that for sure. Well, because you um, the D, a little like uh, future talk. The DS you loved you got the DS day one because you were obsessed with Nintendogs. Yeah. Like you wanted to play Nintendo. <laughs> to play Nintendo so badly. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, the Game Boy Advance, I think like I yeah, I definitely got it a year later and I don't I don't remember if I asked for it or if I if I just saw you playing it and was like I want one too. I feel like that's probably what happened. Um, so I th- I think what happened was you saw me playing Pokémon. And yes. I think that's what did it. Yeah. I'm pretty certain it was probably Pokemon. Because the Game Boy mm. Advance was my first Pokemon game. So. Oh, so, which one was it? I believe it was uh, Leaf Green. Is that? Yeah. 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 Leaf Green. It was my first Pokemon game. Awesome. Um, first introduction to the series. And then I was hooked. Um, and I've played every game after that. So yes. nice. she likes Pokemon more than I do at this point. It's actually pretty oh. awesome. Nice. <laughs> like she she beat she's already beaten like Violet, Scarlet. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, I'm a huge Pokemon fan too. I played so much um of I had Fire Red and um one of my early eBay purchases was buying um Leaf Green on eBay and it turned out to be a fake. So I plugged it in and it oh, didn't no. work. So that was oh, fun. No. Uh, it's my way. Well, welcome to the internet, kid. Type mm-hmm. moment. Um, <laughs> but I, took I your played money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I played um, Ruby and Emerald a ton too. Like Emerald's so still my uh, my favorite Pokemon game of all time. Like I will. Yeah. If I, I I'm literally at this point, I'm just like waiting for Nintendo to put those on the GBA app mm-hmm. on the Switch because I will play the <laughs> I will play and, the shit out of that. Yeah, not to get like not to go too down too deep down the Pokemon hole, but like um uh ROM hackers have been using Fire Red and mm-hmm. Emerald, like that gen of Pokemon to make ROM hacks. because uh, mm. apparently it's I don't know if it's just the easiest to mod up or if it's just they've been working on it for longer than some of the other ones. But a lot of my favorite ROM hacks mm. are ROM hacks of Fire Red. I think it's a combination of like anything like higher like ds up is probably more complicated to work with yeah because mm-hmm. it's all the double screen stuff mm-hmm. um also like gen 3 in a lot of people's opinion has like the best like battle mechanics out of any pokemon game so i think that might have something to do with it as well 
Could be, yeah. It, it just mean, seems to be like when when a lot of us think of like what does a Pokemon game look like? I think mm-hmm. a lot of us would default back to that like Gen three Pokemon GBA look. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? that was like the first gen where they didn't look like a hundred percent ugly. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Oh, no. those the sprite work looked real good in those games. <laughs> yeah. So I guess actually, uh, before we talk more about like personal memories, I'd actually like to go back and talk a bit about the consoles or handheld's history. Um, sure. Do, do you remember Project Atlantis at all? Doesn't ring a bell, no. Nope. So Project Atlantis was like kind of like the proto-GBA. It never released. I think there's like one prototype that exists, but it was essentially like th- the overall concept was it was supposed to be like a 64-bit handheld that was like miles ahead of like the Game Boy or Game Boy Color, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was like s- extremely like ambitious. It was going to like completely destroy Nintendo's whole battery power means everything mentality. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then the whole like uh, key thing that also killed it was the Game Boy Color was still selling like nothing. Like they had no reason to like release this thing, mm-hmm. especially if it was going to be a big money lo- loser. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, footnote in the history of um the nintendo handhelds um that i don't think we've ever actually seen any of what it was capable of but like there's like one prototype out there that appears it it looks kind of like a game boy color but like wider but it's still like the vertical design not the horizontal design that the gba would go with huh but going from there the gba itself is actually kind of interesting because it's actually a 32-bit console not a uh 16 bit like a lot of people mistake it for Mm -hmm. yeah because the gba is actually a lot of people refer to the gba as a mini snes but it's actually kind of an insult to the gba because the gba is significantly more powerful than the snes yeah yeah Uh, yeah sorry just thinking about some like the fully 3d games and stuff Mm. that were on the gba snes couldn't couldn't handle those like not even close no, like I still think like the opening to like uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, I don't really care for that game that much. But that opening 3D like cutscene is damn impressive, especially when you th- realize it's on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Um, there was other games that like there was a ton of full 3D like racing games that were came up with the thing. Like I always think the Crazy Taxi in particular oh. on GBA was pretty impressive. But what's funny about the uh uh gba is uh do, do you remember what your first game was um for me i i think my first game was uh ready to rumble boxing okay. uh with <laughs> this weird boxing game i just remember there was like a fat guy and there was a guy with a giant afro and <laughs> that's all i remember uh, but i played oh, it a lot because it was my only game see i i i remember the sega uh dreamcast version of that game I didn't actually know it was on Game Boy Advance. That's yeah, it was but... like a launch title for GBA. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so I had the other launch title that gets completely forgotten these days, and that was, uh, uh, does anyone remember Iridian 3D? No, I don't. So Iridian was, it was like a 3D, like, uh, shoot 'em up where like you kind of like, it was kind of like a Star Fox kind of game where you were from the back mm. and it was like this 3D space shooter. And I remember being terrible at it, but being really impressed that it was in 3D. And I, I remember playing the hell out of that. And then I had Mario Advance, the original Mario Advance. Uh, all right. Remind me which one is that? Is that 
the remake of Super Mario Brothers? Uh, so the first Mario Advance was Mario Brothers 2. Okay, yeah, I, I had that too. I played that on Game Boy Advance because I never had an NES. So mm. I, I that's that's how I played that game. And I, I had a lot of fun. It was good. It's actually a really good version of that game because it actually like fixes a lot of like the jank problems with that game. Mm. Um, it's really funny to me, like a little tangent, but the uh, the Mario Advance series to me, I always thought was hilarious because it literally like there was four of them and they literally went Mario 2, World, Yoshi's Island, and then 3. Like, huh. what a wacky, like, release schedule. <laughs> but yeah, I always thought they would. It was cool, though. Like, it, it's funny because there wasn't a mainline Mario game on the GBA. It was all ports. Right, not, the, not its own thing. Yeah. The closest thing we got was, like, Mario and Luigi uh, Superstar Saga, mm-hmm. which is a full-blown RPG. Hmm. Um, so another thing I wanted to talk about was the handheld. The, the Game Boy Advance had a lot of hardware revisions. And... All of them are fascinating in their own ways. So obviously there's the original, like the GBA wide, which was the launch version. And I think n- not for nothing, it's the most comfortable version of the GBA to play. Yeah, just especially, especially if you're not, you know, 10 years old anymore. Um, yeah. Still, it's wide enough that it's, it's not so uncomfortable to hold with adult hands for an extended yes. period of time. And it's yeah. like the definitive like way if you're going to be playing like ga- uh, Game Boy Advance games on the GameCube with the uh, Game Boy Player. Uh, oh yeah, because you can use the link cable and then you can just play with using that and not have to mm-hmm. deal with a GameCube controller or like squeezing your hands together with uh, the second hardware model, which was the SP. Yeah, which I which I think is probably the most well known version at this point, just because it was like. It was like a fir- uh, it was like the first for a lot of things for Nintendo. Like it was the first one with rechargeable batteries. First one with like, a backlight. That was the big deal. Like well, it's it, funny. Nintendo, Nintendo waited so long to mm-hmm. finally put a backlight in. Uh, except there, there used to be a, a Game Boy version, uh, like a Game Boy Pocket that had oh, a light. The, um, but it was only the, in Japan, I think. The Game Boy Light, I think it was called. Yeah. One of we had uh, we, there's a Japanese kid that went to school with us and he had one and we were all so jealous that he had one because we're over here like struggling to play after dark doing the <laughs> classic like driving in the backseat of the car like playing trying to, like trying this. to catch two seconds of a street light. Did yep. they have like these add-on like lights that attached yeah. to them? Didn't we the have? I, I think the worm we light. Did. Yeah. The worm light. Oh they yeah, didn't... those are essential. <laughs> they barely did anything, but it worked. It was what we needed. Hey, it's... it worked when you were trying to hide from your parents while uh-huh. you were supposed to be sleeping, and you were under the covers. You, <laughs> so you went from having zero light to having a light directly on the screen. It's like see, only a little bit easier to see. Yeah. See, this just this lets me know that Alex was the one that was playing Game Boy Advance with the warm light, and I had my whole full on PS One with the screen set up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Um, yeah. Yes. But yeah, so going back to the SP, though, I believe actually the first models didn't have a backlight. They actually had a front light, if that yeah. makes sense. Which oh, is actually, okay. I, I've read this because there's a later revision of the SP, which has a proper backlight and has a like significantly better screen. And I think it has a lot to do with, I guess, the original models that was a front light or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um. It's funny, though, because we talked about how, like, 
we were stuck with for years. We had the no backlight, like still battery operated. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why it took us so long is because Nintendo was trying to figure out a perfect way to like keep their legendary battery life, but also keep it rechargeable and like have right. the screen. Because I will, s- mm-hmm. the SP's battery. I don't understand how, but those things are literally indestructible. Yeah, <laughs> like I so little like backstory. Like we had moved a while back, and my. I didn't have access to my collection for like months on end and my SP hadn't been charged at that point in like almost a year. I picked it up like a couple days ago, just like for some research for this and uh, it still works. <laughs> Lights not even red. Like it's wow. like, still, still good. Yeah. It's funny though, because what everybody, <laughs> my switch um, dies so quickly now. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause Nintendo realizes no one actually takes their handhelds out anymore and they just play them by the couch with the AC adapter plugged in at all times. Mm. Hey, I don't. Yeah, people like... <laughs> people want to say that like, you know, and I, I maybe I'm guilty of this sometimes too, of saying like, oh, the Game Gear had a backlight like 10 years before the Game Boy Advance SP. What gives? I'm like, well, the Game Gear took like eight batteries and they lasted an hour and a half. That's That's what mm. gives. Yeah, well, it, it's funny. You could get, I think, like six hours on the Game Gear. Uh, the Nomad, though, you were lucky to get two. Mm. Oh God! Um, I think the Atari Lynx was even worse. I think the Lynx was like two hours as well. Yeah, I think but buying the... batteries for the Game Gear is the reason my dad started going to Sam's Club. <laughs> Just got to get them in bulk. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to bankrupt the family. Oh God! <laughs> See, at least, at least, like uh, Sega was nice enough to let you plug the thing into the wall. Uh-huh. Um, with the uh, AC adapter, <laughs> not that's Nintendo. The only, it's the only way to play uh, to play Game Gear is mm-hmm. plugged into a wall. <laughs> yeah, but um, so moving on, and then so we had the Game Boy Advance, we had the SP, and then there's the often most forgotten and most fascinating remodel of the GBA, and that was the Micro. Oh, I don't know a single person who owned a Micro. <laughs> No, nope, yeah, not me. Do you have one now? I do own one. I bought one right before they shot up in price because now they're like oh. collector's items. Like for whatever reason, the micro has become like this like fascinating piece of history with like Nintendo fans, and they go for like two hundred dollars now. Wow! But the funny thing about the micro is, it has quite possibly the best like screen I think a Nintendo console's ever had. My- like it is really like clear and crystal clear. Sound is pretty good for it, and it's got decent battery life. The problem is though, it's freaking microscopic. Yeah, I I can't even picture this. Like I not only did I not own one, I don't think I've ever seen one. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it looks bigger when you don't actually have it in your hand. Because like when you hold it in your hand, the thing is tiny. I yeah, I can see your that. hands would cramp like after holding it because you'd have to be holding it in a weird claw situation really close. It also came out at a really weird time because it was released after the DS was already out. Yeah. Okay, so for like a nostalgia collector type thing, like those those little mini like Legend of Zelda things they release from time to time now. Yeah. I think it was also like cheaper at the time than a DS. Like I think it was mm. supposed to be kind of like the budget console. Mm. But the funny part was it wasn't that much cheaper. And another thing about the micro that kind of hurts it was 
uh, they took away the Game Boy Color uh, backwards compatibility, so it was strictly a GBA. Oh, so that was oh, so, it. But you could still plug the, the e-reader into it, which is hilarious. <laughs> but, um, but basically, because it wasn't that much cheaper than a DS, literally more people would just buy a DS because the DS could play Game Boy Advance games, and it was right. better in most no. <laughs> among Among... Yeah. Picto chat. Picto chat. Let us oh, yeah. let us not lose sight of the important thing. If the DS could play Nintendo dogs. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was funny though. I, I remember the advertisements for the micro too, like we're like trying to rip off Apple at the time, because like Apple that was when Apple was going through their like hip and cool like Oh remember the, us? the Justin Long era of Apple yeah. commercials. Okay. Like where yeah. they they were they were really trying to appeal to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember because the micro like screamed Apple at the time. Like it's like the most non Nintendo like feeling Nintendo handheld. <laughs> and now it's a collector's item. And I will admit though that this, there's a, there's one that's based off of the Famicom where it's like red with like the gold plate on the front to look like a yep. to look like a Famicom controller. Mm-hmm. I want one of those so bad, but they're so expensive. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. There's there's one on eBay. I'm looking at. It's two hundred dollars. Yeah, I had the chance to get one for fifty at a flea market once, and I passed it up like an idiot. Oh, uh. <laughs> I think I bought, <laughs> I bought something else. Actually, I think I bought a fucking Lynx. <laughs> I bought a Lynx. That's what I did. <laughs> and from that day on, you swore never to pass up the opportunity to buy anything. Well, now I just buy three D O stuff. So right, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> priorities. So getting out of that, get, going away from there, um, and t- getting back into like sort of memories, like. Yeah, Al- Alex. I remember like you. You probably because so me and Alex were like six and five when this thing came out, like mm. very young. And poor, poor Alex. Like our mom did not understand video games for girls yet at this point. She was unfortunately the victim of constant shovelware and license games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did not. I think Pokemon was like my only like non-licensed game that I had on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Everything else was licensed games. So I believe I remember having a Rugrats game. I believe it was Angelica centric. What a time! But then mm-hmm. the other I remember vividly was this Hi Hi Puffy Ami Yumi game, which was this Cartoon Network show like that. I I don't know what was happening, but it, it was like a band. I remember playing the shit out of that game. I love it because it was a um, it was like a side scroller um, beat 'em up. So and it was pretty fun. But that's all I like. I feel like everything else I had was just like just random games that you would play for five minutes. You'd be like, this sucks, and you then had... you just never pick it up again. I remember vividly you had this Barbie spy game. Oh yeah, you couldn't uh... get past. She couldn't get past the first level, so she was like, "Bill, can you get past the first level for me?" And I couldn't get past the first level because it was that bad. I was like, I, I looked at her. I was like, "You're on your own. Sorry." And at that point, I gave up, <laughs> and that one was put into the pile of never to be played again games. Probably for oh. the best. Yeah, yep. but it's okay because I had Pokemon in that in the Puffy Army Yumi game. Mm. Yeah. Yes. To hold me over until the uh, DS. So, we had, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but the G, uh, GBA in itself was basically a a haven of Super Nintendo ports, and it got a lot of those over the course mm-hmm. of its uh, existence. 
Yeah. Like, I still remember to this day, like, the first time I experienced Donkey Kong Country was on the Game Boy Advance. Me too. Yeah, I, I had it for Game Boy Advance. And, like, I, I don't know if I ever played it over at a friend's house because I never had a Super Nintendo growing up. But um, that was the first time I owned that game. So it, that game for me, um, I'm, I was looking at the list here. Uh, the first time I played Final Fantasy VI was the Game Boy Advance version. Um and there's there's got to be more, but you know you've I don't know another, Did, what else was there. Another great one was uh, uh, Zelda: Link to the Past, an excellent. Oh yeah, port. right. Yeah, yeah, same same thing. It, First time I played that Game Boy Advance, and that came with the awesome uh, Four Swords uh, mini game too, which became its own series mm-hmm. in the long run. There, so that one was a classic. Donkey Kong Country two and three also released. Um. There was also the classic NES series that was getting all those ports at the time. Um, these, but these were actually just straight up ports of um, NES games, from what I remember. Yeah, I don't think I have as much experience with that um, with the NES ports, other than like we talked about before the Super Mario Advance series. Mm. Well, actually, what I mean is like these are just straight up like oh, just ports. actual ports. Yeah. yeah like of like 8-bit games which was kind of cool at the time because they came in like these gray cartridges that were supposed to match nes games Mm. um but they were very much just kind of a novelty item at most uh the gba was also like the era of like remakes and stuff because this is like where we got like um classic ones like metroid uh, zero mission Mm -hmm. which is like pokemon fire red Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh there's probably more i'm I'm blank well actually all the mario advanced games in themselves mm. uh th- so another one that i played the hell out of back in the day was uh mario kart super circuit if anyone interesting remembers. so mario kart super circuit was basically just it was super mario kart but it was it looked better and it had like like it was basically like imagine like a weird like fusion between super mario kart and mario kart 64 it is yeah like is I, a, I i did play it but mm. um i don't know if i owned it i i don't remember much about it but like i, I definitely no. did play it because I, I played pr- pretty much every mario kart at this point at some point yeah, that was one of my first experiences i had with getting games stolen from me because it's summer camp <laughs> they, oh yeah they stole my mario kart um super circuit and a bi- bionicle game for some reason mm. a bionicle yeah <laughs> I rebought that game recently just to, for nostalgia's sake, and I was like, wow, this was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So another key for, like, series... Well, not series. Another key genre that the GBA really kind of brought out was uh, role-playing games, because there was mm-hmm. a ton of role-playing games on the GBA. Um, notably, uh, Golden Sun was one of the ones that... Um, Saw debuted on the uh, Game Boy Advance. Yep. Like um, the original, and uh, I think the Dark Age was the second one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Those were great. Uh, those were made by uh, Camelot, who was responsible for the Mario tennis and golf games at the time. Right. And those um, those kind of Mario and tennis RPGs were also on Game Boy Advance. And those were awesome. The, awesome those, games. The funniest thing ever. Like, well, you wouldn't think a tennis RPG would be awesome, but it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it was one of the very few games where I made 
use of the link with the GameCube because uh, mm-hmm. you could import your player from the Game Boy Advance game into GameCube. And it was like it was like uh, it, was, uh, it was like an adult playing against small children. It, you just dominated after mm-hmm. all the RPG time you did. But uh, Golden Sun was one of the first RPGs I ever played. It was that or Final Fantasy VI um, mm. non-Pokemon division. I had many Pokemon games under my belt by that point. But um, I, I really enjoyed Golden Sun. Uh, it's it's a game I'm kind of afraid to go back and play again because I've heard some criticisms from people who've played it recently and i'm like yeah that makes sense and uh, i'm not super excited about going back but i did love it at the time i'd say it still holds up it's very basic by today's standards but it's still a very solid um game for the time mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think another one i really remember playing a lot of was uh, we'd mentioned earlier but mario luigi superstar saga yeah which i i actually played after i played its sequel partners in time ironically mm-hmm. um which is funny because it actually, because Partners in Time is kind of a step back for the series, going from that to uh, the original felt like a weird like step forward. It, it was funny mm. in a lot of ways. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Alex, what did you play on the GBA other than um, when you threw that Rugrats game in the trash? I, so I'm pretty <laughs> certain I had a couple of, I, honestly, a lot of my games were either borrowed from Bill or licensed games. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain I had like a Bratz game, which was the edgy Barbies. Oh, um, right. Uh, I'm pretty certain I had a <laughs> Cheetah Girls game. Uh, the Cheetah Girls. That was that was a thing. Um, honestly, a lot of the games I had just weren't very good. That's yeah. um, a shame. But, you know, but hey, I, I, it introduced me to Pokemon. So I, I'm mm. grateful for it, for the yeah. whole pokemon because honestly i think that's literally where i spent most of my time in the end i just played pokemon and played it again and again and just mm-hmm. kept playing it because all my other games were terrible so, um, no, there's actually one other game you owned and i remember this one vividly because i own it now oh okay um, you had this game based off of if any for anyone remembers uh the old Lindsay lohan film herbie fully loaded Oh, um, how can we forget? I remember this one. Alex, Alex got a Game Boy Advance game based off of that, and she hated <laughs> it so much that she threw it at me and said, "This game sucks. You can have it." <laughs> that's about right. That's a, I, that's the appropriate reaction, I think. I still Honestly, own it to I this think, day. Too. I think half of my games. That's what I ended up doing. Oh um, man, they I they really had some Disney games too. But <laughs> yeah, I just. I well, it's just because like I mean, it was I was also like very young, um, mm-hmm. and I think my mom was just picking stuff she thought would appeal to me. Which at the time, Barbies, Bratz, Disney princesses, the Cheetah Girls, yeah, it's all appealing. Nowadays, okay. not so much. Right, right. Um, not at all. <laughs> like, um. <laughs> I will admit, I had my fair share of crappy licensed games at the time, too. Like, I had this Hot Wheels game, which was just Mode 7 racing, like, in circles, and it was bad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I also had, uh, what what was the, I had one other really dumb one. Oh, yeah, I had the Beyblade games. Those were. Beyblade. Oh. They were just Marvel, they were just Marvel Madness. That's all they were. (laughs) So they actually weren't that bad. They were just dumb. Some, uh. 
some good games that I uh, that I remember playing. So I got like like I said earlier, I got my introduction to a lot of like classic series through the Game Boy Advance. So the first Metroid game I ever played was Fusion. Uh, so the good. first Castlevania game I ever played was Circle of the Moon, uh, which is Fusion's really good. Uh, Circle of the Moon is it's fine, um, but the other Game Circle Boy Advance the- Castlevania games are better. Circle of the Moon's the one that's impossible to play on the original Game Boy, right? Because it's uh, it's so dark, like you can't see anything. Well, I don't know. I mean, I did back then because I I definitely played it before I had the the light. Um, I I know one of them was like so dark that like when they made the second one, they made it super bright just so you could see it on the on the handle. It's probably that because Harmony of Dissonance is a lot brighter than okay. Circle of the Moon. That's um, my guess. And uh, one of the like we were talking about the 3D earlier. One of the most impressive Game Boy Advance games that I played a lot was uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on Game Boy Advance. What's Tony Hawk Pro Skater on the Game Boy was like this isometric, um, really simple version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. On the Game Boy Advance, it was the game from whatever you were playing it on, like Mm. fully 3D, same levels, same camera, everything like that. It was just, you know lower resolution but everything else about it was basically the same and it was super impressive so actually talking about uh tony hawk it actually reminded me of another game that uh very similar like ironically both owned by activision now uh, funny mm-hmm. funnily enough but uh <laughs> uh crash and spyro on the game boy advance yeah i played spyro too yeah because uh crash the two crash games i'm thinking of are uh the huge adventure and entrance and they basically so Crash was already half a 2D game to begin with. Mm-hmm. So they basically just took all the 2D levels and just made a game around those for uh, the Game Boy Advance. So it's just mm-hmm. a strictly 2D game, but it plays just like like a 3D Crash game. Yeah. And they're, they're really solid. Like They use the pre-rendered graphics to kind of mimic the 3D, and it looks like really solid, great gameplay. It, it's, it was literally like playing a Crash game on the go. And then the Spyro games were even better because they were like isometric and they were basically just Spyro games, but like on a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely played one of the Spyro games on Game Boy Advance. Um, yeah. Speaking of licensed games, uh, games that are that were good. Um, I did you play the Lord of the Rings games on Game Boy Advance? So I, I won't lie, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings guy. Okay, <laughs> so they're they're basically like little Diablo games. Oh, okay. uh, Where you just oh, you just play cool. through the events of the movies, the two towers and the, uh, the return of the King. I don't know if fellowship had a game on there or not, but I played those a lot. Those were super fun. I just played them over and over and over again. Um, like Diablo, like isometric action, tons of loot. Um, and then, uh, I, I just have this vivid memory of like being on a road trip with my parents and I was playing that game and I was listening to the good Charlotte album that was out at the time. Uh, I forget lifestyles of the rich and famous like that era of good Charlotte uh, and just like blasting that on my CD player playing the Lord of the Rings, the two towers on my Game Boy. Good times. <laughs> so speaking of uh, games that you wouldn't think would be good on Game Boy, but actually are. Mm-hmm. So me and Alex have mentioned these like in the past multiple times and like we always like to praise them, but the uh, the Sims games on Game Boy on Game oh, Boy Advance. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know they were there. That's cool. So they are the funniest thing. So personally, we have more experience with the DS version of herbs, Mm. but it's, it's basically identical to the Game Boy Advance version, just with 
more content. So yeah. I'll talk. I'll, we, they work both ways, but there was the Sims busting out, Herb yep. Sims in the city, and Sims Two. Yep. So th- it's the funniest thing because, like, obviously they could not put a li- like a social life sim a full on, yeah, <laughs> on a Game Boy. It just wouldn't work. They instead made them into like top down event like action adventure games that are almost like rpgs oh weird where like they have um full-on dedicated storylines and like you go you start the game and like you go through this whole designated plot till you get to the end where it actually has like a credits and stuff and it's it's surprising like because they try to keep like the social aspects where like you still have to watch like your like motives and stuff but like you're going around the town like you're trying to like talk to people like going through this whole story taking quests Mm. it's like the the amount of effort they put into like like what could have been like the laziest just like half ass porn ever just oh, amazed yeah. me for the time. They definitely put a lot of effort because it's still you had the same qualities of like you can still design your own room, you know, design your character, not as in detail as the PC games, but you still kind of had that functionality for the fans who, like me, really enjoy the designing aspect of um of the sims games but also was quirky and fun and like a good surprise i'd say from the sims series you just weren't expecting it um because you weren't expecting any sims game on the game boy Advance. Is the all honest truth they had some wacky stuff too like in the the uh, sims busting out there was literally like for like the first like Four missions. There's literally a wild rooster that just runs around the game and just will straight up k- kill your sim. Yep. <laughs> well, quote unquote, kill you. It knocks you out and you have to, you get sent to the hospital. But it's like the most like what the hell is this thing in like a game ever? Like, like someone thought of this. <laughs> uh, I was just just checking my shelf because like, I found some old uh, physical games in a storage unit in the summertime, um, and. Some of my Game Boy Advance games are in there. Uh, so I have nice. uh, both of the Zelda games, uh, Link to the Past, and then the Minish Cap. Oh, the and Minish then, Cap uh, is super good. Yeah, and that was one that was like, when they just put that on Switch recently, and a bunch of people like came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, Minish Cap, that game's great. And I was like, well, I haven't heard anyone talk about that since the Game Boy Advance. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> for some reason, Final Fantasy 1 and 2, which I don't even know how I got that, but apparently I have it. <laughs> it's funny how that works like you'll go through and be like i don't remember buying this yeah it will especially for for i'm sure it happens to you all the time but like i i own like 20 physical video games so for me to have one was like where did that come from it's kind of <laughs> kind of odd yeah uh that's funny like see i, I just keep so gba was like one of the last consoles out there to have like cardboard boxes for the games yeah i'm still kicking myself to this day that i like threw half well my mother didn't know so she threw half of those away yeah i'm sure we did too like the ones i have are all loose cartridges and i don't have anything that can play a game boy advance game anyway but cool to have i guess Mm. Mm. no i I keep all my game boy advance games in a tote just like hidden under my bed (laughs) i have no there's no way to properly display gba games there they're fun they don't take up a lot of space but they're like there's no like proper way to actually like arrange those things right yeah yeah so i was thinking about like so social games and like like kind of like the sort of rpg at the same time and um 
Harvest Moon was pretty big on the Game Boy Advance as well. Oh, yeah, I know. I I love that series now, and I wish I had it at the time because I probably would have loved playing it as a kid. So the harp, the Harvest Moon on Game Boy Advance is uh, Friends from Mineral Town, which actually recently got a remake on the Switch, known as a Story of Seasons: Friends from Mineral Town. Yep. I remember playing the hell out of that one though, like which was funny because like this was before like Farmville and like Facebook were a thing, Mm. and. I always remember, like, when Farmville became a thing, everyone was, like, going crazy. Like, they're like it's a video game, but it's farming. And I'm farming. like, Harvest Moon was that years ago. <laughs> yeah. But it had it more to it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I remember those were the kind of games that you'd kind of just, like, play, like, and just, you'd go on, like, binges with, like, for, like, days on end, just farming in a game. Yeah. I never played those, but one of my, one of my best friends, one of my co-hosts on uh, my other podcast, he was always a big harvest moon person i ignored him like all (laughs) basically our whole life until stardew valley came out Mm -hmm. and i got like super hooked on stardew valley and he was like dude i've been trying to tell you for 20 years like this is what happens they're great alex likes to alex likes to go on like month-long harvest moon binges every now and then yeah Yeah. i i I understand now i get it (laughs) yeah it's just so fun you know you just get like you fall into that hole of just do it and you and you start and it's like eight in the morning and then you look and you're like oh it's, it's eight at night i've been playing mm-hmm. this all day and yep. i don't regret it for a second because it was great <laughs> so another series that actually made its debut on the um on the uh, well not debut but it's like debut worldwide on the game boy advance was uh, fire emblem yeah mm. and the story of how fire emblem came to america i always thought was really fascinating because originally so the way everyone in america discovered fire emblem was because of smash brothers because yep. of uh marth and roy mm-hmm. i read us i read us report though that i guess at one point in development they were planning on a dummying uh, marth and roy out of uh, melee for the american release oh and, like because they thought we just like wouldn't like them or something because we had never got games with them, they just kind of assumed that we would be confused by them, which we were, frankly. But yeah, but it, it, but it doesn't also take gave questions of who. Yeah, are it was. I mean, it's the, Let's find the out. same with uh, for a lot of people. It's the same with Ness uh, mm-hmm. and Lucas, like because um, mm. there's a, more way more people uh, say that they like Earthbound than actually played Earthbound on oh, the yeah. Super Nintendo. So, like. The, dude, uh, can you imagine like where oh, would yeah. Fire Emblem be today if they didn't put Marth and uh, Roy in Smash Brothers? Like the it, interest, I don't think would would have really been there. It would probably be a dead franchise because Awakening probably wouldn't have taken off like it did, and yeah. Awakening was going to be the final Fire Emblem game if it didn't do well. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's funny. Like I read that story, and I guess at the last minute, someone on the team said, "Don't bother, just leave them in." <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to assume Sakurai, but it might not, it might have been someone else. But it, it's funny because because of that, so much attention got drawn to Fire Emblem that they finally just kind of pulled the trigger and were like, "All right, let's set, try putting a couple out in America, see how they do." Mm-hmm. And that's how we got Fire Emblem Seven and um, Sacred Stones, which yeah. was wasn't my first introduction to tactical RPGs because I didn't play the series till Awakening, but from what I've heard, the people that did play those games like absolutely adored them. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't play them back in the day, but I did. Uh, I did try them because um, obviously Fire Emblem got more popular. And then after I played Three Houses, I was like, "Oh, I'll try the the old ones. Uh, surely I'll be able to do that." Those games are really difficult. They are. So, uh, the the first um, tactics. Well, there's a couple of tactics games that I played on um, uh, GBA, but the the first one was Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Uh, which was also difficult when I was as old mm. as I was. Yeah, the whole idea of like moving your units around and then like waiting to me always kind of confused me a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember as a child, it took a lot to get it to figure it out. But then once you kind of like you realize, oh, you have to arrange them strategically. Yeah. And then it's... it kind of it, it clicked on me because then like in Final Fantasy VII, if you think back, there was like that weird tactical like Mount Condor game that you always played. And like I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, you were supposed to arrange them tactically. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like that big brain moment where you're like, "Oh, hindsight, it's 2020." I definitely got down with um, like the more I guess it's not like tactics, but Mega Man Battle Network was a, a series I was huge into on the GBA. That's more like, fast paced, you know. It's one of the most interesting Mega Man side series because it like it had like eight games or something like crazy. Yeah. Uh, looking at it, there's there's six, and then they started to do the Pokemon thing where they did different versions of the same game, which I don't know why they thought that would work, but they did. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, that's coming out on a collection pretty soon, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the Mega Man I played. I I played Mega Man in base, which is actually a Super Nintendo port. <laughs> I've never um, even heard of that one. Uh, it was like a side game. It was like it was the last classic Mega Man game for like years up until they did nine and 10, like mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Uh, it, it's the Super Nintendo version is better because like the GBA version has horrible screen crunch, mm. which is a problem a lot of Super Nintendo ports had on the GBA. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, though, uh, did you play the uh, Sonic Advance series at all? No, I got no. I got burned out on Sonic back because I had a Game Gear, uh, and I played Sonic oh, on that. And I that I decided way back then that I didn't like Sonic, so I never played another one. Fair enough. Um, so I'll just like say it uh, quickly. Um, Sonic Advance was actually a surprisingly really good series because mm-hmm. uh, they were the classic two D style Sonic games, and they were best. Right. Two. So Sonic Advance one and two. Uh, then the seven two actually play just like the classic Sonics, like they have physics based uh, platforming, like that same like style. Uh, the levels are fairly quick, but they also have like multiple playable characters. Uh, they were really fun to play. The third one, not so much, kind of was a mess. Uh, then we also had Sonic Battle, which was literally just like Smash Brothers but Sonic on the GPU. Yeah. Uh, that was another cool three D style. Uh, uh, so we had mentioned Sonic. I was trying to think. Oh, actually, another thing I wanted to mention was a. Uh, does anyone remember GBA Video? No. No. Nope. Yeah. You don't remember Is GBA. That, like, movies on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so GBA Video was like this incredibly short-lived, but like there there was a lot of them that came out for it. But it was essentially it was little cartridges that had like episodes of like TV shows on them, and they ran it like. Mm-hmm two frames per second and like, <laughs> didn't look great. But I'm surprised. We Did we own it? 
So I had one of them, and it was an episode. It was a Fairly Odd Parents one, and it had three episodes of Fairly Odd Parents on it. <laughs> and I used to watch that in the car on the car rides on repeat, despite it looking like crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, they actually had full on movies too. Like you could watch like Shrek on GBA. Oh people. hell yeah! No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, imagine it being like super super pixelated and like uh, even better yeah. Yeah. even better <laughs> yeah that was a thing it's funny those were actually hard programmed too so that you couldn't uh play them on the game boy player because they didn't want you pirating the video files because mm. that was a different time yeah. i'm trying to think like there was other games too like um <sighs> oh um one of my favorites was Wario Land 4. Oh, Wario uh, Land 4. Super overlooked series, the Wario Land games. Mm. Yeah, Wario Land 4 was like, I think like the, that was the one where they really just went all out weird with it. Like, yeah, because I remember yeah. that game is incredibly weird, but in the good way. Yeah, War, Wario Land 3 was like, it was, I mean, it's weird because it's Wario and he has his weird powers where he can turn into a bat or he turns really fat or something like that. <laughs> But Wario Land 4 was like, oh, yeah, we're going to push this in. Like, we're, the music's going to be really weird. And you're, you go through the levels and you, like, grab a key and then you have to escape every level. And the music gets super scary. Mm. And then there's weird boss fights in it. Yeah. Yeah, I always remember that because, like, Wario Land 3 and 2, like, Wario was invincible and, like, couldn't die. And it was more about the puzzles. In four, they actually gave him a traditional like health system, so it was actually a bit mm -hmm. more of a plat like straight up platformer. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was. I played the hell out of that one back in the day because I loved uh, three. <laughs> I think three still my favorite Game Boy Color game actually, but that's besides the point. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I played that. There was a ton of other like crazy like platformers too. Like I know a uh, Rare actually made um. They made this like uh, Banjo Kazooie game on the Game Boy Color. I remember too. It was like a isometric, like top-down one, but it played just like the N64 games, mm -hmm. which was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, Rare, Rare actually, I think, made more games on the Game Boy Advance at this point than they did on the uh, Xbox. Believe it or not, which is funny. Um, so I'm trying to think, like. So the DS came out in 2004, and by that point, like, it was kind of like the end of, like, the Game Boy Advance, like, line. Yeah. As, like, we knew it. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, I always thought was weird, because, like, for the longest time, like, I think everyone just referred to the DS as, like, the Game Boy DS. Uh, at least yeah. back in, like, back in... Back in the day, because like it, it, the Game Boy was just synonymous with handhelds at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like to the yeah, point I mean where, like, that was like uh that was back when like your 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 parents or like your grandma or something who doesn't know anything about you know what what the real name and like why why would they why would they really care yeah. about it if they didn't yeah. play but they would just be like oh yeah handheld video game that's a Game Boy, game Boy. just like yep. the the one plugged into the TV that's a Nintendo you know yeah yeah. Or, or uh, if you went a little bit later down, like every handheld was a Game Boy and every console was a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it was like the funny stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking like, um, so you're saying like the, the DS came out in 2004, uh, Final Fantasy VI, which again, I played that on Game Boy Advance. That was the, the first way I played it. Um, 
came out in 2006 mm. for the Game Boy Advance. So like years later, they're still doing it, probably because of the backwards compatibility. Mm. And if they've been working on something for a while, they'd just be like, oh, put it on Game Boy Advance. They can play it on a DS if they have it. Yeah. Kind of a shame that the 3DS doesn't have a GBA cartridge slot. That yeah. Nice. I always wish that it did. I, I mean, they got it. rid of it. They got rid of it with the DS after a while, too, because the DSi yeah. didn't have it. Mm. No, yeah, my DSi did not have backwards compatibility. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually made a bunch of games unplayable, too, because a lot of them had GBA support. Like, um, mm. I remember Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, you could actually transfer Pokemon from your GBA games via the cartridge slot mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, every now and then, which was kind of cool. Oh, one of the other uh, things about the GBA that that we didn't bring up was um, the the games that uh, like needed like the Rumble feature. Oh, and yes. if I was uh, was the GBA the first one to have um, like gyro sensor in it, or was oh. it? Uh, it was on Game Boy. They had like the cartridge itself would have a gyro sensor. There was a Kirby game like that, yeah, right? There was Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Yeah. Um, so the problem with that one was uh, the way that it was designed was the gyro was only programmed to work in the Game Boy Color face up. And uh-huh. when, we, when we switched over to uh, Game Boy Advance SP because the cartridge slot was on the bottom. Oh, yeah. The gyro uh-huh. was, was reversed and it, the game was unplayable. Mm. There was <laughs> So there was Yoshi Topsy Turvy or Universal Gravitation, depending on what country you're living in. Uh-huh. Um, that one also had a gyro, but that one actually had programming in it that allowed um, you to switch uh, the orientation. Nice. Which was nice. That one was pretty fun, even though it was like really. So I've always said like gyro on a handheld to me has always been like the most counterintuitive thing ever. <laughs> like imagine like you're sitting on a bus and you're just doing like the the gyro over there like what are the people thinking like like what is yeah. he doing this those literally i mean still to this day me playing breath of the wild handheld on a switch doing gyro stuff and like turning my switch to an angle where i can't see the screen anymore so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work stop doing it yes i i always remember that like another do you remember those hilarious um battery packs you could buy for like the original game boy advance before like we got rechargeable batteries Mm, you mean oh. just like a like a rechargeable pack? Yeah. Yeah, kinda, kinda. So I had one for mine, and it literally looked like the, a tumor sticking out of the JVA. Oh, <laughs> like it was massive, and it like stuck out of the back of it, and you'd put it on this little stand to charge, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. But you'd be playing your GBA in public, and it would have this giant like dump truck sticking off of the back of it, <laughs> and you'd be like. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It was pretty. Like, <laughs> it, it looked really sus with uh, the uh, original GBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was that. There was the. Uh, obviously, we talked about the worm light. I remember you could actually. Some people had made. Like, there was like unofficial, but you could actually put like lights inside of the original GBAs. Oh. And I was like, was sketched out by that because I was like, what if the thing just bursts into flames or something? Mm-hmm. Hello. Game Boys, oh. Game Boys always had those extra peripherals uh, where they were like magnifying screens too. Um, yeah. Which I never played with one of those. I was like, even if the even if it's kind of small, I am not letting anyone see me play my Game Boy with 
a fucking magnifying glass in front of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually we were talking about wacky games with like built in like peripherals. And one of them that just kind of came to mind that was kind of like insane to me was, uh, does anyone remember Bakhtai? I didn't play yeah. it, but I've heard, I've heard a lot about it. Um, so, I don't yeah. think Alex has heard about it. Boktai was a game where literally where the gimmick was, it was all based on like sunlight. So you'd actually put the game out in the sun and it had like <laughs> a solar, it had a solar sensor built into the cartridge to what? actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it would like actually. that wasn't good for your Game Boy fans. <laughs> so they, they made a, there was like little things on it. They were like, don't leave it out for like in direct sunlight. You had to kind of like, it, but no one, no one followed those. But, um, leave it outside. <laughs> Between, but don't leave it outside. Between 9 and 11 a.m. and 4 and 6 p.m. Uh, I think the implication... That's a... I, <laughs> I think the idea was you were supposed to play it I was supposed outside. to leave your home? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. You're supposed to play it outside. I don't want to see nature. I yeah, want to play are, video uh, games. <laughs> those are um, Kojima games. So mm. Ko- Kojima's uh, ideas are some successful, some not. Um I've wanted to play those just like to experience because like it seems like a really radical idea. The problem is though they're expensive and I don't feel like hashing out the money right now. Mm-hmm. Did like, you ever have? Oh, sorry. I, got oh, no, go- go I was going to say, did you ever have the worm cam? The worm cam? It's it. I'm, <laughs> I found it when I was looking up accessories and it's like a camera <laughs> attached to your, to your Game Boy Advance. And it, you can take and edit color pictures on your Game Boy Advance, upload them to your PC and editing, um, and <laughs> email them to people. Um, and it has unique spy cam mode. <laughs> I just found it when I was this, looking up stuff. <laughs> this looks unofficial. This looks I don't very think it's, I don't think it's real. I don't think it's like a, a Nintendo thing. But it, it looks fun. <laughs> Maybe that's why they added the camera aspect to the, um, it wasn't the, did the DS have it or was it just the DSi and then forward? Uh, DSi have, onward. The yeah. DS, the DS introduced the microphone. Another thing that I think is horrible, a horrible idea on handhelds, but that's <laughs> besides the point. Uh, no, the GBA had, so there was the e-reader, which, um, was essentially a card scanning device, which allowed you to get like little mini games. Oh, yep. And I had one, and I didn't know how it worked, and I never figured it out as a kid. <laughs> like you'd scan the card, and literally all I'd ever get is read error, read error, which I think most people did. Bill, did you have the Pelican TV tuner? No. <laughs> it's literally you stick your G- your Game Boy Advance in it, and I think it's like the tuna TV, like it has antennas and everything. <laughs> I'm so finding the, game, the gold here. The Game Gear had one of those, but it was actually licensed by Sega. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it was eighty dollars, so nice. Uh, so Dave, did you ever have the Game Boy Player? Uh, no, it doesn't sound familiar. So that was the uh, the peripheral for the GameCube that let you play the Game Boy games. Oh, okay. Um. I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure if we had that or if it was just, you know, the link cable that you could plug in um, through some adapter, if there was like a port or something like that. 
we did do that because of, like I said before, the Mario Tennis and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember ever like playing games on the GameCube. Okay. I, I was going to ask just because like that was like as a kid like we didn't have gamecube like we were playstation kids at the time Mm -hmm. and i always remember like seeing the game boy player and thinking that was like the coolest like idea ever like playing the game boy games on the big screen yeah and i was always jealous like i was like damn i want to try that yeah then come like years later after i get my gamecube i realize why are the game boy players so expensive and why is the boot disc even more expensive because it, it had a separate disc so it would boot up and all oh, right yeah scalpers like to split them up and sell them separately because oh, smart that's what they do uh so finding one with both was very uh challenging at the time mm. I was yeah i never about... got into that this uh we did have fun playing pokemon on the tv uh through pokemon stadium back on the n64 but oh. other than that we didn't really get into handheld up on the big screen you know it's actually a, a fun fact that i learned recently did you know you could actually this was never light like released to the public but there was actually ways to play game boy advance on the n64 huh. so there hmm. was a peripheral it was a strictly a nintendo thing like this was for like demoing and like this was essentially how they got all the game boy advance footage back in the day for like uh, ads and like demos and stuff um, they actually had a device called the Wide Boy, um, sixty-four. The Wide Boy. So the wide the Wide Boy is actually a big part of Nintendo lore because it goes back all the way to like the NES, where it was like a thing that was designed to like capture footage for um, uh, demos and like uh, promotional stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had one on the Super Nintendo that was designed to play uh, the Game Boy games, which I think actually ended up becoming the, the Super Game Boy at one point. Um, but there was one on the, uh, there was actually a couple versions on the N64. Like there was one that played Game Boy Color games, and then there was actually one that played Game Boy Advance games and they were never released to the public, but I, you do occasionally see them pop up on eBay every now and then. Hmm. And I always think like, that would just be a cool piece of like history just to like come across one day and be like, Hmm. wow, like this was not, not supposed to make it out. Mm -hmm. But it did. (laughs) Yeah, I I just thought that was kind of neat, like the way that they used to. That's how they would like capture that stuff back in the day. So, interestingly enough, I didn't realize this, but the Game Boy um, Advance only sold like eighty-one million. Well, only sold eighty-one million. But, Interesting. Uh, hmm. Yeah. It's funny because the. Its immediate successor and its predecessor both actually outsold it by quite a bit. Uh, the DS itself is the second best-selling video game system of all time, mm-hmm. yeah. which is which I always found interesting because the DS. I think the DS was literally the point where like Nintendo like cemented themselves as the handheld kings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, if you actually think about it, like what was the competition for the GBA? Like, because the GBA actually did have a few quote-unquote contenders, like. Does does anyone remember the N gauge? No, I've heard about <laughs> it, but wasn't there like around that time like Neo Geo had some kind of handheld thing? So Neo Geo had the Neo Geo Pocket Color, but the I believe they gave up on that once they saw the GBA and just realized they couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Was was the Wonder Swan out? So before? the Wonder Swan 
was also out because believe it or not, actually, this is a good segue. Yeah. The Final Fantasy ports of one, two, and three are actually uh, not not three. Yeah, one, two, and four are actually based off of the original Wonderswan versions. Because the Wonderswan was actually a pretty powerful little handheld. Because uh, mm. so the Wonderswan, for people who don't know, was actually this. It was a handheld created by Bandai and designed by uh, Gunpei Yokoi, the uh, creator of the Game Boy, hmm. uh, shortly, be- shortly before his uh, untimely death. Hmm. And it went on, it never released in America, but it went on for quite a while in Japan until I think the early 2000s when they realized it just could not compete with the Game Boy because hmm. nothing can compete with Nintendo in the handheld scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. Like a bunch of like GBA games are actually just ports of uh, Wonderswan games. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't know that. It could maybe just because like, like it didn't sell as many as the ones that came before and after, just because it wasn't out for as long. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that the DS, like, the Nintendo tapped into like they found a way to make sure that every little kid got a DS. You know, mm. and so that's that's why that one sold so much. But yeah. Mm. So another thing too that I was like thinking about too was um, the system uh, going into the hardware of it a little bit. The system was infamous for its sound card at mm-hmm. times, which I think was very much directed. Well, so because the system is essentially a souped-up Super Nintendo. And the Super Nintendo famously used a Sony sound card. Uh, and, of course, by the time the Game Boy Advance comes out, Sony and Nintendo are no longer friends. Um, mm-hmm. Sony basically said, no, you cannot use that. So Nintendo basically had to make their own sound card, and that's actually one of the reasons why GBA sound was so different. I don't want to call it bad, because there are, not for nothing, there are some awesome GBA soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely actually, not bad, but it, it's one of those where if you like just listen side by side, like if you're just playing a Game Boy Advance game, like a you know a Metroid or something, you won't notice it. But if you uh, like again Final Fantasy VI, it's kind of people people there's there's a lot of versions of that game, and mm-hmm. the thing people say about the GBA version is like better translation. Uh, some bug fixes, stuff like that, but the this it, the music's just not as good because it can't on the Game Boy Advance compared to even the Super Nintendo. Another like big one was like the um, Zelda: Link to the Past was notable, had a mm-hmm. much different sound soundtrack. And then there was actually one of my favorite ones was a uh, Donkey Kong Country Three, where the soundtrack hmm. was just one hundred percent different. Oh. <laughs> Because apparently oh, Donkey no. Kong, Donkey Kong Country Three had a very like deep and like moody sounding uh, soundtrack for the most part, and a lot of those like pitches and ranges could not be made on the uh, GBA effectively. Mm. So they made a new soundtrack from scratch on the GBA, which is hilarious because it actually like some of the levels don't fit at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's a level in Donkey Kong Country Three where it's like literally a saw blade is cutting a tree in half like from the bottom up mm-hmm. and you have to like avoid the saw blade in uh the super nintendo version it's like this really dark and moody like track which is supposed to be like bring like tension 
if you listen to it on the uh, GBA, it sounds like you're gonna you're hanging out at the beach. Like it's the <laughs> this, this little poppy, like upbeat, like jolly song. And I'm always like, I'm like, huh. I don't think they thought about the level placement when they composed these. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always thought that was kind of fun because a lot of developers did a lot of really cool stuff with the GBA. Like that was like such an innovative innovative era for like handheld gaming because when you think about the game boy color and regular game boy like a lot of those games were very very good but very much just kind of nes games on the go yeah or just like just very limited in what they could do because Mm -hmm. you know those just not the most powerful system so you had a lot of uh you know, platformers and turn-based mm. stuff uh, like Pokemon and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even the even the stuff that like you could make like a direct analog from like the the NES even uh, to the GBA. It's like the screen is so much smaller and everything. It's just they they just couldn't do a whole lot. And Game Boy Advance, like it it that was one of the one of the times. It's happened lots of times, of course, as you play lots of video game systems but the gba was one of the times when i i you know the day before i got the gba i was playing my game boy color and then i got the gba and booted it up and i was like whoa this is this is next gen you know i didn't say that but i was like this is awesome um uh, yeah uh gba startup is still one of the most iconic like the letter letters like flowing across the screen mm -hmm. yeah this this era of Nintendo, they had the startups, they had the GBA and the GameCube, uh, iconic. Mm-hmm. So one other thing I wanted to ask was, uh, did you ever do any like link cable stuff? Only for Pokemon. Okay. Only yeah. for Pokemon. <laughs> yep. It was slow as fuck too. It was the most hilarious oh. thing ever. And it was, God help you if you had a link cable that was not like in the best shape. Cause mm-hmm. you'd have to like press it and hold it in or like hold it at the angle that it the, worked. The perfect angle. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. you, like Bill said, like the connection and the transfer was really slow. So it would be like, have to hold everyone hold still for like 30 seconds. Don't move. Otherwise it's going to screw up your trade. Or, or even worse if you were doing a battle. Yeah. Oh mm. man. Just imagine like that, but like imagine like an already kind of slow Pokemon battle, but even slower and like, Mm-hmm. If you jostle the cord a little, like it's just c- communication error, like end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so, what was fun about the GBA too is you could do up to four players on some games. Mm-hmm. And we actually, I remember the trailer like liked to showcase like, oh, you can be in a car in the back seat with the four cords like spread across. Yeah, because because that'll work. Oh yeah. yeah. So, believe it or not, like <laughs> when we were on like a field trip once, we actually did this on the bus. Oh, nice. It was amazing and awful at the same time. Like, oh, like literally, it kept, like, disconnecting on at random points. And, like, the funniest thing, too, is we were blocking the aisle because we were going across the freaking aisle with the cords everywhere. <laughs> and the, the bus driver was like, you can't do that. Please stop. Oh, you're not going <laughs> to listen to us. Okay. I'm just going to continue yeah. to tell you to stop. Yeah. It was funny though, because I was like, "Wow, I'm actually we're doing the thing from the commercial." Oh yeah, we're doing the. Now thing. you have to have to take your switch to a rooftop party to replicate that feeling. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> See, 
this was also the era where like Nintendo was in still in that awkward phase of commercials before they got like really safe with like the Wii era commercials. Mm. Cause there were some funny ones on this one. Like I always remember the Mario and Luigi superstar saga commercial where they literally had like two kids, like cosplaying as Mario and Luigi, just like, like throwing like sand and shit at each other in like their backyard (laughs) to imitate the, uh, the bro mechanics of the game. Mm. I I thought stuff like that was funny where it's like all this effort. It's not as weird as the Kirby uh, DS commercial, which had Kirby with the finger touching the DS. If anyone remembers that. <laughs> uh, no. It, it, that was before Nintendo just went with the extra safe route. But, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh. It, it's funny to me, though, because, like, I, I, I keep saying this a lot, but, like, the, the DS literally was, like, literally a flash in the pan. But then again, that entire era was kind of a flash in the pan in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Because, like, even, like, the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube were, in the grand scheme of things, were pretty short-lived. Yeah. All things considered. I mean, 2001... I mean, PlayStation was out in 2000, so, like, one year earlier. But, um... They were all pretty much done by 2006 at the most, and I mean... Yeah, that's true. I think the the DS is like, because I always forget the DS came out as early as it did at times, because it was yeah. like 2004 was early. Yeah, same. I was still playing my GBA. Didn't need a <laughs> DS for a while. I remember the DS came out and I was still in elementary school. Like, so yeah. that'll, that'll show how early that was. But <laughs> I still, God. I was, one thing I remember too that I kind of missed from a nostalgic standpoint, not from a logical standpoint, was I kind of missed like the batteries and like, the constant struggle of like I don't I don't miss that at all. <laughs> You're a crazy person. <laughs> it was it was kind of nostalgic at the time. Like oh, even... it's nostalgic spending so much money on batteries. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't pay we didn't pay for them as kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. That's why you no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always thought it was like there was always the funny like more nostalgic about like the little worm noodle light or something. Right. Let me Thanks. let me finish let me finish my point. I'm going no, your point is invalid. I'm not so much <laughs> saying I miss the actual like idea of batteries. I said I miss more of like the atmosphere at the time. Like there was always something really funny about being on like the school bus, and you'd have the one kid who'd be like, "Shit, I'm running out of battery. <laughs> like I need to mm. save," or like, uh, like you couldn't just like close the screen or like just go into sleep mode. <laughs> like the whole like mm. you're on this like indefinite timer, and there's like no way of like escaping your inevitable fate. Oh yeah, there's definitely been there were definitely times yeah. when I was playing my Game Boy. Um, and like something happened, it was like, well, I'm just gonna put this in my book bag and hope the battery lasts until I can check it and continue. Because um, games didn't really auto save and stuff like that. True. So, and I, I am, forget about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I am not nostalgic for that. Uh, for the record, <laughs> it's just a, a memory I have. Um, what I am a nostalgic nightmare. for. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am nostalgic for like it. It, it sucked being tied to batteries but i did like it when my handhelds um had battery life for like tens of hours that was awesome i think the original game boy advance actually had like up in like to like almost 30 hours of battery life yeah yeah it was a monster um and like my uh my my 3ds still gets really good battery life but like Mm. the switch the steam deck those those things 
they're just they're doing too much. You're never going to get good battery life. Yeah. yeah, even the even the Vita has better battery life than the uh, Switch, mm. <laughs> which which is both sad and impressive, I guess. Mm. Uh, I also do miss like the whole. Mine was the clear one, and like that was very like two thousands of the time having all the yeah. clear see through. Uh, so I'll, I'm I'll be nostalgic about that. Batteries, so, yeah. no, <laughs> it was clear. <laughs> That's gonna be a running joke now forever, but um, I'm just gonna throw batteries at you. <laughs> the next time, I, I was gonna always say though, like this goes back to like Game Boy Color as well, but like you were like you were the cool kid in town if like you had the uh, the atomic purple Game Boy Color like that was see through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wasn't same it, with the N64 controllers were like mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, Game Boy Advance was I think the only one that was like that was the pink one. Actually, now that I think about it. No, there's the purple one too because I had oh, the yeah. purple one that was see through. Okay. Yeah, I I still have it. Um, it it does not work. Um, and it has dog tooth marks all over it. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had the the basic white one, which was boring, but I mm. I still kind of like it. Mm. I actually lost my battery cover for it like years ago, and I found one oh, on yeah. eBay. <laughs> I found one on eBay that was like a replica of it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I I played my Game Boy Advance. I lost the battery cover years before the thing stopped working. Because um, I think I left it outside, like in the rain or something. But um, I played for years with just duct tape covering the battery mm-hmm. compartment uh, instead of buying a, ca- a like a replacement cover. You had to do what you had to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, that was so... It's funny, though, because that was like, to me, like... Because the, the DS felt more like a... Uh, I don't know why it changed during the DS era, but the Game Boy Advance era was like the last era of like the true, I guess, like intended handheld feel to me, like where people actually went out and like played like at the park or like the school bus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because the DS was more expensive and you didn't want to risk taking it out. I, I feel like that definitely adds to it, the whole expensive factor, because like uh, there's no way like I would go, especially with my Switch now. There's no way I'd like go out in public in like a park and play my Switch because I just feel like I'm asking for someone to just steal it from me. So at least like the Game Boy Advance, it was compact. You could kind of put it in your pocket. You know, you could hide it somewhere, put it in a bag. But especially, I think the money factor. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of money you're carrying around the DS and the um, Switch. So yeah. I, I don't know. I saw just so many kids with DSs, uh, like in you know doctors' office waiting rooms and stuff like that. Oh, okay, that's so true. <laughs> there's uh, true. there's that. I take my Switch uh, to work with me every day. Play on my lunch break. Um, I don't go sit in the park with it because I'm not an idiot. But <laughs> like, I, I do take it portably. Just buy a case. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like the. <laughs> intended experience with handhelds of like taking it everywhere just kind of as you grow up and you have less places to take a, a portable mm. game system uh that just kind of goes away but i see kids playing their switches and stuff around oh, gives me anxiety yeah. when i see them doing that because i'm like that's <laughs> so much money yeah <laughs> yeah I, I do remember i did have that kind of like nostalgic feeling though when i went to a store like right after the switch came out I think I was at like a Panera Bread or something, and I, I was in line, and I turned around, and the kid behind me had his like switch, and I was like, "Wow, like we've really hit the point where kids are just taking the console with them now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it was a fun fun little thing because I, st- I it kind of gave me that nostalgia because I still remember like waiting in line with like our mom and just being having the Game Boy Advance playing. Yeah, that was something. the thing. That was the thing that's gone now because the DS was bigger. The Switch is big, uh, especially for a kid. Like the Game Boy Advance could, and I guess the DS could too, but you could just like put that in your pocket and yeah. pull it out and play in line or something like that. Uh, if you're, you know, you had to go with your parents to the bank or something like that, you, you could do that. And the Switch, not so much. I think one of my favorite memories was we went to, a, it was either a Home Depot or a Lowe's uh, with our dad. He was working on a project. And I, I just vividly remember me and Alex sitting on one of those little hand trucks just playing Game Boy Advance. <laughs> nice. As our dad rolled us around the store looking for stuff. Yeah. I have vivid memories of that one. Like mm. yep. that, that was a, just a different time. Like nowadays you just don't see stuff like that. Mm. Which is funny. Um but I guess like we've kind of gone over pretty much most of the the key points. Like uh did you have any mm. other things you want to bring up Dave or No, not really. I think I talked about the games I want to talk about and you know, the memories uh, that I had with it. Like, I I think that the Game Boy Advance came out, like, at the perfect age for me. Uh, just as you get older, you tend to have more nostalgia, or at least I do, for stuff like when I was in high school, basically, uh, or, like, maybe a little bit before that, and that's right at Game Boy Advance time for me. It came out in... 2001 or something like that so i was i was 13 a perfect time to build nostalgia so i will always and like i said at the top of the show like this is this is the console that introduced me to so many Mm. series uh singular games too but like my introduction to so many series like metroid and castlevania and final fantasy Mm. and um Mario to some extent and uh like continuing to play Zelda and stuff all on Game Boy Advance and of course continuing my lifelong Pokemon addiction too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was for me too. It was the start of my Pokemon, my love of Pokemon. So, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I had a lot of not so great licensed game, I did have Pokemon. Yeah. So and that, I still play Pokemon to this day. So that was actually my Nom favorite. Bill. No, I'll still play. Hey, I'll still play Emerald to this day because I love Emerald. Yeah, but, um, those are good. I, I will say though, one of my one of my favorite things to do, like back to do back in the day, was uh because the game the Pokemon cartridges were colored. Uh, you'd be walking through and you'd see the kids playing their Game Boys, and you'd kind of look at the back and be like, "Ooh, ooh, they're playing Pokemon. I need yeah. to talk to them." Yeah, because you'd see Friend. like that. You'd see that bright blue or like red or green cartridge, and you'd just like mm-hmm. be like immediately like someone who's playing Pokemon, we can trade. Yeah. I, mm. I want my, uh, my, uh, Alakazam or whatever trade evolution. Yep. <laughs> and then they trade with you and then they just run off and then you, there goes your Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause children are great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess, uh, one final question, like what was your favorite game? Ooh, let me think about that. We'll let, let Alex take that. Pokemon Leaf Green. Okay, we've we've been over that. <laughs> yeah. Which which Pokemon was it? Was it Leaf Green? Yeah, Leaf yeah. Green. Okay. That was my first introduction to the series. 
So can't go wrong. And um, the only game I'm really nostalgic for on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so honestly, my... I I I could probably put together like a top twenty of like Game Boy yeah. Advance games that I really love, but I think it's got to be Final Fantasy VI. Like. I'm actually playing that right now. I'm replaying it along with um, Pixel Project Radio, what they're doing over there. Um, and this is my third time playing it. It's my first time not playing the Game Boy Advance version. And I still love it. Like, it's one of my favorite oh. games. It holds holds up super well. Um, and it, I played it for the first time on uh, the Game Boy Advance. So, like, people know that game. All those story moments that are so, like, shocking and affecting... That was the Game Boy Advance that gave those to me, so it's it's probably my favorite. That's uh, a but top, top five Final Fantasy, definitely. Yeah, if we're gonna go with games that like are only on Game Boy Advance, like not you know ported everywhere, um, Wario Land Four is really great, and uh, Metroid Fusion probably, mm. uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. That's a a top three. Definitely, nice. for me, it would probably be. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, like mm-hmm. just great RPG all around, like memorable story. Uh, Pokemon Emerald, of course. Yeah. And then another one that I just like always would go back to would probably be. Uh, this is where it's probably a little bit tougher. Probably not. Nah, I don't want to say Donkey Kong Country because that's a Super Nintendo game. Um. Yeah, I'll leave it at those two for now. I- I'd have to think about that more. Can't go wrong with those two. Mm. Yeah. I was about to say Lunar Legend, but that's also not a uh, that's not an original game either. Mm. <laughs> all right, so pretty nostalgic talk, all things considered. Um, I guess before yeah. we wrap this up, uh, do you want to plug all your stuff again, Dave? Or yeah. sure. Yeah. So um, I have a gaming podcast called Tales from the Backlog. Uh, like I said, it's a weekly review podcast, but we're not reviewing the new games most of the time. Um, it's mostly stuff out of my backlog. Uh, not necessarily retro, mostly not retro, but uh, sometimes we do go back into the past. Um, have I done any Game Boy Advance games on the show? I don't think so. Let me think about it. I might have missed one, but anyway. Um yeah, so backlog video game reviews. Uh, the the reviews are no spoiler for a long time. So if you want to listen to an episode about a game you've never played, don't worry. We're not going to spoil it until we like yell at you to get out of the podcast because the spoilers are coming. Um, <laughs> like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, you're listening to this show. You obviously like Bill. So Bill uh, was on my show a couple times. Uh, one, we talked about the Pokemon trading card game, the Game Boy Color uh, game. And then... You were on the episode about uh, long games and burnout. Yep. Too. Yeah. So that was a, a good discussion we had there. So that's uh, that's Tales from the Backlog. And I uh, hope you come check it out. Give it a shot. And thank you, Bill and Alex, for having me. No, thanks for coming on, dude. Thank, um, thank you. Th- thanks for being our guinea pig for the uh, our first guest uh, console retrospective. Oh, first. yeah, of course. Yes. Happy Still to talk. Of... When you uh, when you said, like, you know, you want to talk about a, a console, I, I had to think about it for a second. But the instant... I was like, wait, Game Boy Advance. Can we talk about that? So, yeah. The funniest I'm glad part was, to be here. Well, the funny part is, what is, I went and checked the list and I was like, crap, I didn't even put it on there. So I was right. like, All right, add, add that in there. Yeah, that's how excited I was. I'm, I'm putting stuff on the list that wasn't there. None. You're always welcome to come back on anytime. That list is still public. So if anyone ever wants to drop in. Um, 
It's funny you mentioned the spoiler thing. And I always laugh because our episode was the one that the one game with like, <laughs> yeah. Really no, this no is the one where we're like, there are no spoilers for the Pokemon trading card game, so we're gonna talk shop for like ten minutes and then end the podcast. Yeah. and then talk about the sequel that never came out over here that actually had a plot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode, though. Yeah. Coin- yeah, it was a good time. The coin flips, man. But um, <laughs> all right. Anyways, guys, once again, thank you for joining us on the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. The Gaming and Collecting Podcast can be found on all your major podcasting platforms, particularly Apple Podcast and Spotify. Uh, we are made on, I'm sorry, Anchor doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Spotify for podcasters. <laughs> and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all the stuff, uh, Linktree slash the Barber Who Games. And you can join our new public Discord server, which is now open. <laughs> and once again, guys, thank you for joining us, and we will see you all next time. Bye, I'm tired.